It's been a long year. A lot of ups and downs, mostly downs. But finally, we got some good news. Donald J. Trump has been voted out of office. I mean, he's not going uh, peaceably into the night. There's going to be litigation. There's going to be whining. There's going to be accusations that he was treated unfairly. But, as Chris Christie said, who's also an attorney and also a Republican, and who also spoke briefly at uh, Biden's speech last night that I listened to, as an attorney, Christie believes that Trump does not have a leg to stand on in any of these uh, litigious endeavors that he has about the election. So that makes me feel good. That song that we just listened to was uh, Chase the Dragon by Beasts of Bourbon. The intro track for uh, tonight's episode is by Beasts of Bourbon. That's called Chase the Dragon, and it's off of their live album, uh, which is a lot easier to find than the record that that song is uh, featured on, The Low Road. I, I had to buy that on CD. It's out of print. I don't, know, I don't even know if a vinyl version of that came out, but I remember paying like, I don't know, maybe $30, $40 for that uh, CD. I have a lot of their other material, and I'm trying to collect all of it. And uh, I found out about them, similar to the birthday party and uh, the swans, uh, through reading Henry Rollins's journal entries uh, that he published back in you know the late 80s, early 90s. And um, pretty much all the stuff that he mentioned, I, invest- I investigated. That's how I found out about the birthday party, discovered the swans, found out about these guys. But uh, that live album is cool, man. It's like really raw. Um, the songs are like a little bit slower than the ones on the records. And it just has this like kind of raw vibe to it. And um, really cool bands. I don't know if any, any, any guys out there have heard of this band, but Beasts of Bourbon. I have this thing for uh, Australian bands. I've always been a big ACDC fan. Uh, love Nick Cave, you know, The Bad Seeds, uh, you know, um, Cosmic Psychos is another band that comes to mind, and, you know, Beasts of Bourbon, Lubricated Goat, the old band on AMREP. And, um, yeah, there's just this uh, thing with Australia. I've never been to Australia, man. I'd love to go there someday. But, yeah, back to Donald Trump. You know, I mean, a couple things to say about the election. Um, Joe Biden, though I'm a Bernie guy, he really was the only guy for people like us or me. I don't, I don't know what your political leanings are out there, but I want to speak for myself. Biden was the only guy for me to vote for. Um, you know, I, I was a Bernie guy. I was bummed how the Democratic Party dealt with him. I have my issues with the Democratic Party. But in the face of pure evil, <laughs> not to be dramatic, there really was no other alternative. So I cast my vote, hope for the best. And uh, a friend of mine, someone, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to name him by name, but we had a conversation yesterday. And, and today's Sunday, and yesterday was the day the announcement went out. And, uh, you know, I was in touch with some people. And um, this person uh, voted for Donald Trump in the 19, uh, no, I'm sorry, 19, in the uh, 2016 elections. And that bummed me out. He did not vote for Donald Trump this time around. And uh, 
one of the things he was quick to say was that at least there was no more war with Donald Trump. And I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me, buddy. No more war. Okay. Well, that's like talking to a rape victim and saying, well, at least the guy didn't cut your tits off. Man, no more war. No, there's no war. No, no additional wars we went to. I'm like, okay, cool. But what about all the other bullshit that this guy put us through? The, the alleged law and order president. And we're literally in the most lawless society we have had since, uh, you know, maybe the 60s. I mean, this is like chaos, you know, civil unrest, property damage. Everyone's on edge. Everyone's at each other's throats. You know, when the uh, looting starts, the shooting starts. I mean, what kind of fucking person says that? That's leading this country off the edge of a cliff. That's the kind of person. So that that's shit. And any... There's just a lot of complicated feelings around this whole thing. I mean, I have to say that I there there have been whole periods in my life where I never gave a fuck who the president was at all. I mean, in the in the nineties we had Clinton, you know, I like was like, Yeah, well, you know, whatever, man. I didn't really care. Um, I'm being frank, being honest about that. I listen to Howard Stern pretty regularly, and Howard was even saying you know, he thinks that there, there were years where he wasn't even sure who the president of the United States was. In these last four years, I would wake up every morning and I would look at the news and I would see what the fuck next is this guy going to say? That's going to be embarrassing and inciting, you know, controversy and just ignorant. And uh, yeah, I- I'm looking forward to the day where I don't have to worry about that shit. I don't have to think about what kind of embarrassing bullshit this guy's saying. Um, so, yeah, I mean, other, other musings about the election is that I can't believe that it was as close as it was. I mean, there were record people like that voted. You know, Biden won the uh, popular vote as well as the electoral college, ele- electoral vote. Um, but you look at the map and you see this uh, red swath cut down the middle of the country. And uh, it makes me think about and question where those people are at. I mean, I know it's not a simple matter because, um, you know, part of me wants to dismiss everyone from those places, uh, make them the enemy, uh, think about them in a way of, uh, in a negative way, uh, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm one of these people who I'm, I'm a glass half empty kind of guy, I guess. And I see those that swath of red through the middle of the country and I'm like, well, fuck them. But I know I personally know a lot of really good people that live in that part of the country, those parts, those states. And I know that there are good people out there, just like there are pieces of shit that live out here, too. You know, I mean, yeah, New York and New Jersey definitely went blue. But you go to Staten Island or way out on Long Island and you see the Trump flags. You go into central, you know, South Jersey, you know, even around here, Trump flags. There was a guy whose house I would drive by every day going to the gym, Trump flags. And I'm like, that guy's, you know, who knows what that guy's deal is. Yet this is a blue state. So I have to believe that in these so-called red states, there are good people as well as ignorant uh, 
assholes. And I even want to temper that idea because before all this Donald Trump stuff, I really didn't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. I mean, like, you know, I started um, registering as a Democrat to vote in the primaries because during the Bush era, I wanted to, you know, vote in the primaries. I was starting to take more interest in local politics um, because when I was living in Brooklyn, you know, there'd be there were tons of people that moved to these different neighborhoods that lived there for maybe two years. They were not really part of the community in a way where they would take any interest. So, you know, I, I didn't grow up in Brooklyn. I, I'm, I'm from a small town and just, just outside the city in Putnam County. And, uh, yeah, I'm a carpetbagger, you know, just like I, I am in New Jersey. I'm a carpetbagger. I came here to, to live and kind of do, some, do my own thing. Um, with that said, I wanted to make sure that I at least had some kind of interest in the community. And, uh, yeah, so I started, you know, I registered Democrat. I was like a, an independent for a while. Then I was interested in the Libertarian Party. And then finally, during the Bush era, I became a uh, Democrat. <laughs> But I mean, before that, yeah, you know, you, you don't agree with the Republicans. You think they're too conservative. Like you want to be thought of as liberal and you want to be thought of as progressive. And, you know, you're for uh, gay marriage and, uh, you know, you're not you're not into like the uh, conservative uh, pro-life kind of trip. You want women to have uh, control of their bodies, you know, equality, like all that kind of stuff. So you become a Democrat. But, you know, I never really demonized people that were Republicans. I would just be like, well, they're different people. They have different values. They're a little bit more conservative. I think maybe they're not as um, evolved, uh, you know, spiritually or whatever as me. But, um, but yeah, I, it was not a big thing. But now, or I, would, should I, I should revise that and say over the last four years with the onset of, uh, of Mein Kampf, uh, Donald Trump, I, um, you know, my, my Fuhrer, Donald, Donald Trump, <laughs> I um, started thinking about the um, Republicans as these kind of jackbooted brown shirts and anyone that supported Donald Trump as like, you know, part of the Nazi party, you know, and it's, I mean, I don't know how far off I am. I, you got guys like Mitch McConnell out there with his black hands and, uh, I don't know. That guy um, scares me, and he's still in 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 politics, and he's probably going to be stonewalling a lot of the Democrats' ideas. So, hopefully, something gets done. But there's a lot of resistance. That's all I'm trying to say. But I even want to change that. I want. I was inspired when I heard Joe Biden talk last night. I thought that he wants to unite. He wants to heal the country. Uh, he's going to govern for. Both sides of the fence, you know, and work with people. It's a uh, drastic change in strategy than what we've seen in the last four years with the grandstanding, the denial of science, the denial of reason, the complete inadequate uh, leadership and incompetence, um, all that sort of stuff. You know, and Biden knows about government and, and a lot of people. I mean, I know a lot of Trump's uh, supporters back when they elected him were, oh, well, you know, we don't want a politician. We want a guy who's uh, going to, quote unquote, drain the swamp, you know, and uh, 
I think that in order to do your job the right way, you should have experience in that job. I mean, uh, you know, I work as a mechanical engineer. Uh, I wouldn't try to get a job as, uh, you know, uh, cutting hair or something like that because I don't have any experience doing that. I wouldn't get a job as a guy who um, builds houses because I don't understand carpentry. You know, likewise, a guy who spent most of his time ripping people off in real estate and putting together a bunch of failed business ventures and then ultimately becoming a reality TV star really doesn't know much about politics or government or the Constitution or foreign policy or even how to not alienate people, you know? So good riddance, uh, there's an, a, you know, an ideological change coming down the line, I hope. There's a paradigm shift, you know? Uh, we have to hold Biden and Harris accountable for all their, stu- all their forthcoming ideas and make sure they're doing what we all want. Um, yeah, man, it's... Uh, relief I guess and it's the first good news that I feel like uh, we've got in a really long time and uh, you know I know uh, you know my life has been a fucking brutal pit for the last several months Uh, you know I mean there's obviously the same stuff that everyone else is going through Um, you know this whole pandemic's not fun we're uh, it's dragging on and on and um, I'm still going to keep calling this thing Plague Diaries until this whole thing falls into some sort of normalcy or this thing could be thought of as being over. So this might this Plague Diaries thing might stretch on for a while, you know. You know, I have this kind of long-haul mentality right now. And uh, so, yeah, there's the normal stuff that's going on that everyone's dealing with. Uh, my job has been a real pain in the ass, Um not being able to play shows, obviously. Uh, there's, I mean, anyone out there who plays in a band that's listening knows exactly what I'm talking about. There's, you know, we, we all do our thing, man. Everyone, you know, you're in a band, you write music, you go to band practice, you play gigs. That's basically the job. That's basically the, the, the gig. That's the number, you know. Um, people do it at different levels, you know, but still... You know, that, that's, that's just the number, man. If you are doing this, you want to go out and play. You enjoy being in front of an audience. You enjoy the energy of a live show. Uh, just on a very basic level, that's why one of the reasons why we all do it. And, uh, and I'm, I'm assuming that it's a big part of what gets you going in the morning. Like for me, I know that I wake up. I think about playing music. I think about making music. I think about, you know, oh yeah, man, we've got these shows coming up. We're going to do these things. We're going to record. We're going to go to band practice later. I'm going to see the guys. We're going to get in the van. We're going to drive somewhere. You know, we're going to, you know, stop at the convenience store, get coffee, you know, and eat at Denny's and, you know, just see different things and see different people and experience different things. And, uh, you know, the, it's been almost a year, man, since the last time we all got a chance to do that. Um, you know, a few weeks ago, we recorded this live, um, you know, video performance that's going to be surfacing, I think, before the end of the year. And the experience of doing that, 
it really brought back this whole ghost of what it was like to play shows. I remember, you know, we, we filmed this thing in a loft down in uh, South Jersey. Uh, Drew Murphy, our bass player, we basically uh, filmed this thing in the space that he has his uh, T-shirt printing uh, company. And there's a bunch of other businesses there. And, you know, they were cool enough to let us uh, come in at night and, move things around, you know, hang up the banner, fill the place with fog, you know, and, you know, do the, the do our thing. And uh, it was cool. It was something to move to work towards. It was a goal that we all had. We were practicing. It was a lot of the, most of the set is new material. It's coming off of Under Sullen Skies, which comes out in a few weeks. You know, a song or two that was a little bit older. And, you know, it was just really dialing it in, you know, and, we recorded the whole thing with multi-tracks, so we have like a proper, um, you know, representation of our sound. It's not just, uh, you know, someone holding an iPhone up or something like that. It's a, a multi-track, you know, like uh, Sanford Parker mixed it. Sounds killer. Shot with a couple of different cameras. You know, it was being edited. And, um, yeah, it's it's not done yet, but the raw footage that I've seen looks pretty killer and oh actually if you if any of you've seen the hunger video that was shot during the same session that we recorded the live video the the hunger track though that's the track off the album and they just you know it's a rock video and um yeah so i remember when we drove down to south jersey it was a friday night you know we all met at the space we loaded out you know got in the van we went to wawa and the whole thing was like I felt like we were playing a show, like we were going down to like the Brighton Bar or something like that. And, uh, but we weren't, you know, it was like this simulation of performing live. Like, uh, it was kind of the next best thing, I guess, because we got to all hang out, you know, and be a band, do band things. Uh, yeah, and there's not a, nearly enough of that going on, and it sucks. And I know that any of you guys out there that play in bands are feeling the same thing. And that's just like another added bum out that um, that we we're going through. In addition to, you know, probably not being able to see of our, see a lot of our friends, not being able to see a lot of our family, um, you know, and just not having life the way, not living life to the fullest. I mean, look, I wear a mask. I'm cool with that. I know that that has to be done, but I would rather not wear one. I would rather not be afraid of like getting close to people. You know, and um, so, yeah, that's that's uh, it sucks. And I'm hoping that maybe I think this thing with Trump, it's not mutually exclusive. I think that it's related that you getting rid of him will hopefully enable us to start utilizing more of our resources in a more educated way to combat this thing and to hopefully come to a point where we're starting to, you know, triumph over this uh, pandemic. Or it might just go the natural way, and eventually it's just going to end up being like the flu. And who knows how long, how long that's going to take. And, uh, you know, I don't have a lot of years left doing this stuff, man. I got to be honest. I'm getting a little bit long in the tooth, man. I'm not a young man. After a while, it's not going to make any sense for me to be going out there doing this stuff. So I just want to make sure I get my time in. And, uh, and can do it, you know? And, uh, yeah, I mean, 
I don't know. That was a little dramatic, I guess. But I still feel it. You know, I feel the passage of time, especially this year, because it seems like a complete waste of time. And um, yeah, I hope that getting rid of Trump helps expedite us through this long, dark road that we're all traveling right now. And uh, I'm a little bit optimistic, not much, but a little optimistic. I had a, I wouldn't say a scare, but I thought I was almost certain that I had contracted COVID-19 a few weeks ago. And um, yeah, I got sick. Um, you know, I, I did not lose my, my taste, you know, which I know was like a big, a big thing. But somebody that I had come in contact with was in the same room, actually got Corona-19. And that's what put me in a bit of a, uh, you know, like a fear kind of uh, circle. I was like, man, I wonder if uh, I got infected. So, uh, but, and I got sick. So I got sick. I was kind of down for maybe two days. Uh, one day was really bad. It, um, you know, pretty much debilitated me. I was like laying down on the couch. Uh, next day was a little bit better. You know, the, when on the second day of being sick, I made it an appointment to go with uh, Project Baseline to get another uh, test. So that was scheduled for a couple of days afterwards. And um, by the time it was time for me to take the test, I actually felt normal again. But once I got sick, I'd started quarantining myself. So I didn't, you know, I didn't leave the house. Like I stayed home. I didn't go anywhere. And which is easy for me because I work here. I, you know, I log into my job every morning and, you know, do my thing for eight to 10 hours a day. And, uh, and yeah, so I was able to stay home, um, went out, got the test by that. Like I said, by that time I was feeling better and, um, got the negative result back and I still quarantined for like another week. So about two weeks, I just stayed home, didn't go out, didn't really leave the apartment. I think I maybe just like took my garbage out. I, uh, used uh, prime to order my groceries and, um, and, you know, now, now I'm feeling good, feeling okay. Probably going to get another test soon just to make sure. You know, you never know what these things keep coming up negative. But so, yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh, I think I did the right thing. You know, I limited who I was in touch with. And you know, I'm going to start going back to the gym tomorrow. And uh, I, think it, I think I'll be okay. But, yeah, it was a little bit of a scare. And right before the election, you know, I was thinking, man, you know, and uh, numbers have been going up. You know, it's uh, that second wave, I guess, is coming. And um, numbers have been going up, but I've also paid attention to how many people have. Been, I mean, there's a lot of deaths, but not like what we were having. And also people stay at the hospital has been shorter and recovery rates are higher. So I don't know, man. I'm not a scientist. You know, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But uh, yeah, so anyway, I'm glad Trump is on its way out. It's going to be embarrassing. I know it's going to be drawn out. You know, maybe someone should sit him down like his idiot sons, his wife, his daughter, and tell him that it's over. You lost and it's time to vacate. And uh, I don't know if you guys uh, follow Michael Rappaport out there, but um, I follow him on Instagram and he has a uh, 
a pretty hysterical uh, reaction to Trump's loss yesterday. <laughs> he kind of went deep, but, um, you know, that's what we love about him. So anyway, anyone out there who is listening, uh, thanks for hanging in there. Thanks for listening to this. I've been getting a lot of messages from people, and um, there's people out there to listen to all three of these podcasts. They listen to Necromaniacs, Metal, Ma- Metal Matters, and this one which is becoming something different, I think. And uh, I've got ideas about what the future might hold for this particular channel. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think that for now, it's cool. I get, on, I get on the mic, I talk. It's a small little group of people. I probably know most of you guys. There's a couple of people, that have, of people, there's a couple of you out there that I'm getting to know just through interacting on social media. But uh, yeah, it's like this little little crew, you know. And I like it, and um, you know, after maybe next year, uh, this will turn into something different. I mean, metal matters. I've been thinking about I've been thinking about my future with that too. I'm not sure what that future holds either. But for now, that's the music stuff. Necromaniacs is the horror stuff, which I do with Mike and Jeff, and this is kind of like this free form. Well, you know, like storytelling kind of thing, which I think that I'd like to develop a little bit more of that. Last uh, earlier this year, when I when I did the uh, the John Wiederhorn, uh, you know, book launch uh, for Raising Hell, and we were in front of a live audience, and uh, I got to read passages from the book, and it was just a fun time, man. And and I think that that's something I might really want to uh, explore is uh, telling stories, doing it in a live setting. Having it, doing it on this podcast, inviting other people to come on and tell their stories too. Um, you know, we got, I know a lot of people, you know, and Eugene Robinson's a great storyteller, Mike Williams. Um, you know, there's a lot of people out there with a lot of interesting stories. And I think that this might be a really good platform to kind of build up that kind of vibe. So I don't know. I'm just talking off the top of my head. You guys, let me know what you think of that. Please email me, hit me on uh, social or whatever. And uh, let me know if you think that's a good idea. Uh, you know, maybe we can uh, put that in the uh, on deck, you know, for 2021. So my, my next uh, few weeks until the beginning of December are pretty much balls to the wall. So I'm not going to be able to take on anything till after uh, December 5th. So, but yeah, I'll start thinking about it. Anyway, you guys take care. We got another track from that uh, Beast of Bourbon live live record. So, uh, cheers. I'll talk to you guys soon.
And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you why you lost. Because your stupid wife, your dumb fucking daughters, your two fucking baboon, dumb fucking sons, they won't tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you why you lost. The reason why you lost is because you're a cocksucker. Okay? You're a cocksucker. All right? You're a lying, conniving, deceitful cocksucker. All right? That's why you fucking lost. You made people that never would have voted for Democrats vote against you. Because you're a cocksucker. You're a miserable piece of shit. And now we got a good guy. Okay? He's not perfect. And I don't give a fuck if he stutters, forgets things, uh, makes mistakes. I'd rather have a guy stuttering and making mistakes than a guy who blatantly makes shit up with a straight face. Day after day, week after week, month after month, year after fucking year. I'm so sick and tired of waking up for the last four fucking years and going, what did he say? What did he do? That's not what the fuck a president is supposed to do. So now, you piece of shit, okay, get the fuck out of the White House. Okay, you can play golf, you can cheat at golf every fucking day. Start a cable access channel, all right? You fucking worm. Get the fuck out of the White House. We're going to fumigate it when you leave. Okay? We got to redo the whole fucking place. We got to disinfect the entire fucking place. Joe Biden, do not go in there until they fumigate the entire fucking building. Inch by inch. Get the fuck out. You're lost simply. Simply because you're a piece of shit. You fucking dummy. Good, motherfucker. Get the fuck out, asshole.